Hi everybody, welcome to Wrong Term Memory. As always, it's me, Jack. And it's me, Colin. Um, hello, Jack, how are you? Yeah, sitting with my top off. Because it's 24 are. degrees outside. But we're still recording podcasts inside in little rooms, offices, so don't say we're not, we're not good to you guys. Not that I go outside anyway. I'm bald and ginger, so... Bad mix, bad mix. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. I spent, I think I sacked work off about 12 o'clock today and um, sat in the garden and then came in because it was too much and fell asleep and uh, missed the start of our proposed time to record, so we're a bit late because of me. Um, but I'm good. I'm actually still just a little bit startled, you know, when, when you wake up and you have to do something, you do it really quickly. Yeah. You're still a bit blurry and you don't really know what's happening. That That's how I feel right now. Um, I should probably say, Jack, before we start, um, just a big thank you to um, everybody that attended the the other podcast that we do is night uh, last weekend at New Edmonton House at Ibrooks because the amount of folk that came up and uh, spoke to me and asked about Jack, asked about wrong term memory, said how much they enjoyed it and all that sort of stuff. It was I, I was blown away by it. Obviously, there was nine hundred people there, so it was by far the biggest crowd we've ever had at a live show type thing. So it was multiplied and maximized by the amount of people that normally come up, but still the amount of folk that came up and said like how much they enjoyed the show, how much they subscribed to the patreon and just how much they like drunk term memory and of course rbr um was what's the word jack it was it was um nice yeah n- nice doesn't seem <laughs> enough I it know. was it was life affirming it was just, it was just lovely just the amount of folk that, t- that come up and said that they give us two three hours of the week every week it's just blown blew me away to be honest but yeah thank you for doing that and i can apologize that i was like so busy on the night that i was very short conversations but it was great to speak to all of you it really was yeah couldn't make that for didn't about to go and everybody else was getting pissed up man so um i didn't go i would have liked i was going to say i would have liked to meet people that i hate i don't like i don't like it when people speak to me about podcasts and stuff like that <laughs> oh. it makes me it, it just makes me feel uncomfortable so many people asked about you, mate. So many people asked if you were there. Um, I kind of said, no, he's, he's, he's laying low tonight, not not coming tonight. Um, oh, that's a shame. Love the big man and all that sort of stuff. So, Oh, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. That's nice to hear. Now, I'm yawning as well because um, I kind of went for a lie down. When I, I got away from work early today as well. Went for a sort of hmm. quick lie down, but didn't actually get a nap. I maybe should have got 15 minutes. But this is... How to say lazy, you know, like I've already said it's 24 degrees outside and stuff like that, so um, this sh- episode might sort of um, show that. I've just got a list of lists. Okay. I've not even read most of these lists. <laughs> I've not looked at them, so I don't particularly know if they are any good, to be particularly honest with you, but we'll just go through these lists uh, or pick the ones that sound most interesting and we'll just Sounds take good. take it as they come and see where the conversation takes us. We always sort of think that we'll not we'll never get enough content from these things, but we usually do. So we always do, don't we? Yeah, we pretty much do. Is your um is your head recently shaved, Jack? Yeah, I went to the barbers before the weekend, maybe. It's it's looking I was off on Friday. I was off on Friday, so right. I went to the the barbers at the bottom of the hill, uh, and the guy was really chatty, really mm. chatty. I like in out sort of no chit chat, you know. And that probably it says more about me. He kept asking tons of questions and stuff like that. So I won't. 
speaking back there in a mad rush, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, it, you can tell it's been done. It, it looks very smooth. It's, 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 it's a double it's, zero, it's man. Good, yeah, yeah it's, I can, you can tell it's just been done. It's very, very nice. Thanks very much. So, you've got the list of lists in front of you. Where do you want to start? I'll pick one first, right? I'll just start with the top one. No. Okay, um, how famous musicians chose their band names? Is that the one you're going with? Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. okay. Click. Don't know what's coming up. Might be rubbish. So Led Zeppelin. Uh, a band I, I don't presume you're that into, Colin. I'm not particularly into Led Zeppelin or anything like that, but I don't think nah. they're your street. Utter um, shite. Utter shite, but a really, really big band. You know, there were, there were people out there listening that think that's an absolute sacrilege. You said that, and there seems to be, I don't know, controversy is the right word, but there's lots of lore, basically, around how they got their name, but somebody from the band, uh, Jimmy Page, um, told somebody that he was thinking of forming this supergroup with Jeff Beck uh, and John Entwistle. That's probably not even how you say this guy's name. That would be one of the biggest (laughs) bands in the world, and I don't know if that's how you say his name. That's close enough, I think, um... It's close enough. Look, just look at the picture of him, Jack. There's some marvellous hair in that picture, isn't there? There's some marvellous hair and moustaches back then. Yeah, good moustache as well. Yeah. But uh, The Who, it's The Who. They, they were like sort of, I don't know if they were the enemy bands or frenemies, I don't know. But he told Keith Moon that and he said that that's going to go down like a lead balloon, basically. Um, so they decided to pick the biggest balloon they could find and just sort of name it after that. So that seems to be the case of why Led Zeppelin or called Led Zeppelin. That seems pretty set in stone. That one that, that. that sounds like it. That sounds like it should be true. It does sound like it should be true, doesn't it? Um, I, I, I believe that one. It, it does sound as if it's based in fact. It's got people's names. It's got stories. I think I, I'd go with that one. I think it's right. Yeah, like I say, we're using a website called Ranker here. It's a massive website. I presume they fact check their stuff, but yeah, <laughs> I'd like to think the, so. You don't. You, um, just, you just don't know. You just don't know. Number two is a band that I actively dislike. <laughs> um, you out your way to hate them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If I can, fi- if I can find a way to hear some of their music just to see that it's shite, I'll do that. Um, and it's the <laughs> Foo Fighters, um, and their singer, uh, a guy called Dave Grohl, he admits that their name is the stupidest fucking band name in the world. Now. I'm not reading this from the thing yet, but Dave Grohl was the was the drummer in Nirvana. Yeah. Um the another famously shit band. Um who <laughs> I quite like Nirvana, I thought they were right. They were quite big until the singer um the singer Kurt Cobain's girlfriend Courtney Love murdered them, basically. Yep. And they became they he he basically used Dave Dave Grohl basically used that death to propel himself from being a lowly drummer. To be in the fucking front man of a new band, so the drummer became the singer, which is un- un- apart from Phil Collins, it doesn't happen. Um, but um, well, Kurt Cobain was still alive. Um, he Dave Rowe would let Kurt Cobain handle the songwriting and the singing, so people were really surprised when Dave Grohl himself was able to release a bunch of songs, write songs, sing them himself, and all that sort of stuff. Um, he wasn't all that confident what people would think um, about it. So he released all the stuff originally under the name Foo Fighters. Um, he did this because um, 
he he just wanted to think of the stupidest name he could think of, Jack, and it was just to find out how the stuff actually went and if anybody listened to it without knowing who it was, sort of thing. Oh. He admits it's the stupidest song, stupidest band name in the world, but it stuck. They got famous and they just kept it. That's it. Um, so the UFOs, I thought you would have picked up on that, and then yeah, I was still, I was still about to come to that next part of that fucking nonsense. Like, who'd have thought it that a guy that I don't like and I think is an idiot is also into UFOs? Eh? Um, Dave Grohl, a massive UFO fanatic, obsessed with UFO books. That's an odd way of putting it, isn't it? Like, surely if you're obsessed with UFOs, you're you're obsessed with all things UFOs, not just the books about them. Um, but he likes finding stuff in the books and using some of the names. And apparently the term Foo Fighters was the US military's term for unidentified flying objects before UFO became the official term. So poor Andy could be the, the Foo Fighter podcast if he'd then been about 20 years earlier. Yeah, and now that they think that UFO has got connotations, it's UAP they use. Uh, well, is, is that because they don't know if it's a he or a she or a they or a them? Is, it, is, it, is that sort of thing, the UFO? Yeah, it's... Uh, it, Fuck, I don't even know what it stands for. Unidentified something phenomenon. Phenomena. Okay. <laughs> I don't... Phenomena. Oh, fuck, I need to Google that. UAP. Unidentified aerial, is it? Aerial phenomenon? Yeah. Um, the first thing that comes up when I Google UAP is UAP Limited, the door hardware supplier. <laughs> <laughs> Come to us, we sell knockers, letterboxes, and eye holes. Above, uh, one above the NASA. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, we've got Gwent, the, the, the third article, sorry, is um, Gwent Police. Um, the UFO sightings under the Freedom of Information Act, I'm requesting all information that your force hold in relation to unidentified flying objects be released so they've somebody's asked them for that the Gwent police and it's um the third hit on Google so it's mad is that Wales somewhere Gwent I think somewhere right Uh, next one's boring next one's like this is a band I actively hate then Um, number four then would be Green Day I've just never liked them Um, what happened to number three were you skipping them yeah I said that was boring all right, okay, fair enough, right. There's so San Francisco slang for doing nothing but smoking weed all day. Is that what that means? Green day. I didn't know that one. I, I, I knew that one. Anyway, I never knew the Foo Fighters one, I knew this one, but um, they've had 13 albums. See, Thir- like, 13 too many. <laughs> I, I can name three of them, Jack, and I'm usually quite good at this stuff. I can name Dookie, Kerplunk, and American Idiot. And that's that's it. I can't believe they've got ten other albums that I can't name. Though that's madness. I would have got you Dookie, and that would have been it. I've got I've got a bit of a strange, strange attitude towards Green Day. I actually quite like Green Day in terms of the music. My issue with Green Day is people that like Green Day. Yeah, big time. I can totally get that. Yeah, hundred percent. And the lead singer's um, a banger. He is a bit of a banger, isn't he? Billy Joe Armstrong. Um, but Dookie, I, I, remember, I remember being given Dookie on cassette when I was in Primary 7 mm. by um, the local Primary 7 mosher. Right. Um, uh, he was he was a guy that stunk. I remember he, he came to the same high school as all of us and in second year, 
Um, we all bought him deodorant for his birthday because he was stinking still. I never um, knew what a mosher was until I, was, until I became one. I never knew any moshers until <coughs> I was like turned 15 or whatever myself. I don't think we called mosher. him a mosher at the time. I think we called him a hippie at right. the time, as in primary seven. But he brought in Dookie on cassette on one of those kind of end of term days where you could bring in toys and all that sort of stuff. And I remember hearing it and really liked it and I got quite into it, especially the song Longview because there's a line that goes, the fucking laser. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool when I was in primary seven. Um, but other than that, the people that like them just, they're not cool. They hang about the four corners and places like that, don't they? Yeah. I was listening to either the Spice Girls or Bonkers in primary seven. That was a bit the laugh of it. <laughs> I was listening to Bonkers as well. So I was I was a torn person. I had Green Day one day and Bonkers the next. I was all over the place. Didn't know well, what I was. I was a uh, fucking Spice Girls, man. Love the Spice Girls. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but yeah, Green Day, all day smoking weed. Did not know that, but there we go. The next one's pretty um, well known, I think. Pretty boring. No, number five. Yeah, the Beatles. So we'll, we'll, do, we'll go over it quickly. The Beatles um, could be a play on Buddy Holly's backup band, The Crickets. However, people do dispute it. Um, they went through various other names as well. They were the Quarrymen for quite some time. They were the Blackjacks as well, apparently, which I didn't know about. Yeah, I but... certainly knew about the Quarrymen. Um, but uh, Beatles publicist Derek Taylor... He claimed the band were inspired by the 1953 film The Wild One, which features a motorcycle gang called The Beatles. But most people say it's a drunken night of brainstorming, and it came about off the back of Buddy Holly's band at The Crickets. And um, the biggest bit of legitimacy to that story is the fact that John Lennon's first wife, the normal one that didn't split the band up, Cynthia, um, claims that that is the reason that's why they were called The Beatles, because of The Crickets. I heard. I don't know where I heard this because I don't. I don't particularly go out my way to listen to stuff about the Beatles or anything. But I heard a story about John Lennon and his first wife, where they got left to sort of go on tour, and their the famous was it Brian Epstein was the famous manager. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't there or whatever. So like they weren't very good at like booking train tickets and stuff like that, and they hadn't booked his wife a ticket, I think, and the. I wouldn't say steward, but ticket collector person. Didn't the believe conductor? that the conductor, yeah, the conductor didn't believe Cynthia that it was John Lennon's wife, so they let her on the train and John Lennon done nothing about it, just left her behind. Oh my goodness, wow. <laughs> just went out of fucker. Well, maybe that marriage was destined to fail then. They would never have done that to Yoko Ono, she would have stood for that. She would not have um, stood for I think I've mentioned this before the last time we spoke about the Beatles and they come up on a show. I've got a funny relationship with the Beatles. I love the Beatles, I really, really like them. Um, the 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 Disney Plus uh, documentary made Peter Jackson on the Beatles is incredible. Right. It's really, really good. But I kind of listened to the Beatles for a long, long time. And then I forget about them, Jack, for a year or so. And then I discover them all over again and I go mad for them again for a couple of months. Then I forget about them. They're not a band that I go to and listen all the time. I go through stages with them. And each time I do it, I absolutely love it. But for some reason, they, they don't ever stick they disappear for a while each time, and then I, then I begin to like them all over again, which is quite nice. And they're the only band that that really happens with for me for some reason. I don't know what it is about the Beatles, but that's kind of how I am with them. Like I know nothing. I don't really know nothing about music in general. But I, I did a music show on Heart and Hands for a while called Twenty Songs, where I would invite yes, people on and bring songs. And Beatles come on. Uh, not the Beatles come on, but the Beatles come up quite a lot. Um, a lot of people love the Beatles, and see the songs that people were picking. I was listening to them, and they were from, like, say, they were from, like, 1967, 1968, or whatever. And I was kind of thinking, see, honestly, see if that came out today or whatever, I'd be like, ah, right, okay, that's a good pop yeah, song. totally. Like, all, all this stuff seemed 
who've stood the test of time and my and my ears hearing it the first time. So I've got to give them a bit of kudos, but again, I think I'm just past that stage where I'm going to ever go like that, right? I'm going to sit down and just tune right into the first four Beatles albums or whatever. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think that's, that's like a good point you've made, but I also think that some of that is to do with the fact that the Beatles almost moulded what pop music was. So Aye. it might be so much not that their songs sound current, it's that all pop music is based somewhat on the Beatles in some way, so you kind of, mm, that's why it sounds fresh, I suppose. Um but yeah, there's there's great stuff there. They've, they, I mean, they've got so many songs. There's some stinkers there, but they've got some absolute great ones as well. Mm. And next, next band was a band, one of the first bands I've ever seen live. Oh, um, I knew you were going to say another, that. Another Mosher band. Uh, one of the uh, the pinnacles of Moshering uh, was Linkin Park. <laughs> um, Mind done the mashup album with Jay-Z? I, I was, I'd fell away from the scene by then. Okay. Uh, and I probably... If I was like, I probably would have been like, oh, what are they doing with that rapper guy? That's <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> but uh, they, they, their first album was actually called Hybrid Theory, but they'd actually wanted the band to be called that. But some legal issues arose, and they decided to just look for the names of parks nearby and um, found Lincoln Park, spelt the way you would normally spell Lincoln, um, like Abraham Lincoln, and just decided to just change it up a wee bit and change it to L-I. NKIN Lincoln Park, but yeah, I enjoyed enjoyed Lincoln Park. You know, guy killed himself, which is sad. So, did is that happen to him? Was his name Chester? Chester Bennington. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, I still can't believe you wouldn't have you wouldn't have liked him if they went with Jay Z. I can just imagine little Mosher Jack. Huh. Who is this Jay Z character? Yeah, probably um, one like uh, yeah, hundred percent because like <laughs> the, the the band's very much of their time. You know, Lincoln Park, Papa Roach. Slipknot, they all they were all like the peak when I was sixteen. It was like, and then I wasn't listening to anything else because it wasn't as cool as what I was listening to, and I thought that rap was crap. <laughs> still rap not a massive fan of it. Still, it's, it probably has sort of shaped my musical taste. Thinking back to Bonkers again, when I say I like electronic dance music or whatever techno, uh, I don't, I don't like sitting listening to it. Who's it? Like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was God, I tell you, I'll, I'll tell you something funny, right? So we were recording this on Tuesday. Um, I went to the pub quiz on Sunday night, right, with some some mutual friends of ours. And what age are you, Jack? I just turned thirty-eight last week. Excellent. Yep, I am also thirty. I'll be thirty-nine in a few months. Um, my friends are the same age. Um, I was there with Tony and a few other guys, right? And um, I texted our mutual friend Hubbard to ask if he wanted to come. And do you know why I couldn't come to the pub quiz? Was he going to a gig? He was going to the sub club. He's 38. Yeah, I was like, I'm a fair play to him. I just couldn't believe it. Sub club on a Sunday night? But maybe a bank holiday Sunday night's different to a normal Sunday night, maybe. I don't know. Aye, aye. Um, but I just thought, wow, you are, you're hanging on for dear life, my man, and I'm proud of you, but it wouldn't be me. No. Um, me and Carl went to SWD3 about five years ago or something. To like a club night? To like a, a, a DJ that I loved when, when right. I was in my party days. And we got to about, danced away and had a great time. We left about an hour before it finished. We left at like, I don't know, half two or something. I might, might have been on a bit later than that. And just walked home. They walked home. I enjoyed the walk home. Nice <laughs> night and stuff like that. And I, it was all right in the place, but I felt like such a fucking old man. And even at the time, yeah. I'd, I'd only be only 33 or something. 
But away at the league, age-wise, even then. Do you remember the Buff Club? Yeah, I never really liked it. went maybe a handful of times in my life. Well, the Buff Club have just announced that they're starting a club night for people like you and I. Um, for people that used to go to the Buff Club back in the day and enjoyed it, but are a bit older now and can't hack it and have got other responsibilities. Right. So they're now running a, a Buff Club club night, but they're doing it from like 7 o'clock to 11 o'clock. Uh, 7 to 11 or something. Course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before, the, before the proper dancing starts, they're doing like a over-the-hill old bastard dancing. Um, so you can still be home before midnight. Yeah, um, still I don't think I'll be doing that either. Mm-hmm. Nirvana, we're speaking about them. We'll skip that one. We'll do one more. Okay. Um, um, let's go to if I if I can if we're going to do one more, let's go to number number nine because we both nine. like him, don't we? Right. Okay. And it's Eminem. Yeah. And his name, if anybody hasn't guessed already, comes from his real name, which is Marshall Mathers, and his initials are an M and an M, so he's Eminem. Pretty um, that one, yeah. Yeah, isn't it? Um, the people sometimes thought that the name came because he was a big fan of the the chocolate Jack M and M's, but that is not the case. It was just basically his two initials put together, um, but it was put together in such a way that it wasn't just an M and an M. He actually created a, a word, which I think is probably quite clever, E M I N E M, because that's an absolutely unique. A unique run of six letters. I don't think M had ever seen before in the world. Before he before he did that, M and M just didn't exist as a word until he became a thing, did it? No, it did not. Of course, no. um, um, which is which is quite good. It helps with the old um, the old Google searches and all that sort of stuff, I suppose, and helping set him up. Other than if he was called M and M, it'd be a nightmare trying to find him. You'd just keep finding sweeties. Isn't there a band called A out there? Um, there's a there's a band called. There's obviously A1, which is like the first letter and the first number. No, A um, is a British alternative rock band from Suffolk that were formed in 1993. That's they bad, released four it? studio and two live albums. They're just called that's A. Bad. Why would you choose that? No, no. Yeah, quickly, but short, short and sweet before we go back to the list and put in our list. Daft Punk took their name from. Oh, a I was hoping you were going to do that. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Um, took their name from a critic who'd called their previous band Daft Punky Trash. So they <laughs> thought they would they would own that and take that. I quite like that one. That's and pretty that's, cool. That's the sort of last one on the list anyway. So just before we move on on Daft Punk, um, they um, they they've got a a song um, coming out quite soon. Do you like Daft Punk, Jack? Before before I mention this, not particularly. I'm apathetic towards them. Yeah, I say that about a lot of music. Well, they've got a song um, called Get Lucky coming out soon. I think it's going to be the song of the summer. Oh, dear. (laughs) Right, is it time for me to choose a list? Yeah, on you go. There's tons. Okay, I'm going to go with the top, the best British sitcoms of all time ranked. All right, okay. I was expecting you to pick that one. You were expecting it? I wasn't expecting to pick that one. Okay. I like anything. I do now, yeah. I'm moving, I'm actually working as we speak, I'm just moving this live document about so we don't go over all that again. Right, okay, I've not looked at this list, I'm going to think number one is Only Fools and Horses. Uh, it's guess. not. Is it not? It's what not. Is it not. Number one is Faulty Towers. All right, okay, had to be. Right. Um, Thoughts so, on Faulty Towers? Faulty Towers is very good. 
Um, it was it basically did what the office did before the before the office made it popular. Twelve episodes in out finished, go out in a high, make people want more. Basically, and that's exactly what they did until now, Jack. Because in twenty twenty three, um, some forty eight years since it started, they're bringing it back. And they, is that actually happening? Yeah, that's happening this year. Um, and I have massive concerns about it and what it will do to the legacy of this show. Because John Cleese is absolutely an awful GB News watching. He's just an COVID. old man. He's just, aye, yeah, aye. He's, he's a COVID denier. He hates the BBC. He is just a bit of a crank. And I worry about what he finds funny in 2023 and what he's going to write for this show and what it will do to the old, the old legacy. This is a guy who went in a tirade last year um, about the BBC when public went on the news, spoke to all sorts of newspapers, went on the radio, basically calling the BBC wimps, calling them um, woke, calling them scaredy cats because they refused to show any episodes of uh, Faulty Towers on their programming. They refused to show any repeats of it and stuff like that. It was then pointed out to them that the BBC refused to do that because they don't have the rights, they're owned by Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Um, but I, he, he does concern me. He used to be quite a popular talking head on news programmes and stuff. They used to always get him out to talk about stuff and they've stopped doing that now on, on normal news stations anyway because he's such a crank. So, yeah, I'll, I'll put a watch out of morbid curiosity, but I'm not very hopeful about it. John Cleese's Faulty Towers revival will be set abroad and won't oh be on the BBC. This is according to Radio Times. I'm not doing it with the BBC because I won't get the freedom, says... John Cleese. I'm not going to read the whole article. It's going to end up like you, Benidorm or something. Basically, <laughs> one sentence kind of says it all to me. Over Speaking it. to GB News' Dan Wooten. Right. <laughs> there we go. We... End of conversation. <laughs> end of convo, right. Uh, he's he's a wanker and all, man. Oh, dear, right. so, he, he's an absolute Philip Schofield of a man. He's an absolute Philip Schofield, for sure. Right, okay. So so that's number one, which is... Yeah, I can, I can get behind that, Okay. Uh, number two, Only Fools. Yeah, speak, yeah, speaking of Philip Schofield, Only Fools and Horses, um, David Jason, Nicholas Lindhorst, Buster Merrifield. What's your thoughts on Only Fools and Horses, Jack? I, I absolutely adore it. Yeah, I love it, man. Um, I watched it from start to finish four, four or five years ago, Gordon. Um, this was before, that might have been longer ago than that because it was before it would have been on like BBC Gold or anything like that and I actually got the big... DVD multi-pack hanger for Wee Gordon. Um, oh, he had right, it and okay. I borrowed that off him and sort of watched it on a PlayStation or on a DVD player or whatever. So it was maybe it was maybe eight or nine years ago. But I watched it start to finish and if I'm flicking through the channels and it's kind of there, yeah, man, love it. It's, I know it's dead generic to say, but it it, it took, took a while to really find its feet. You know, the first sort of two, three seasons are a bit sort of, there, there's some classics in there, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that's what, I think got the the producers and the the people that yeah, what do you call them the guys at the top of the BBC the like the decision decision makers and all the that. decision maker guys I can't remember the name um, went like that right okay that was a classic so we'll get it out again you know obviously with the, the chandelier that was dead early on like, that was like I think that might have been season one or maybe even season two which is obviously one of the funniest things in the world but yeah I absolutely love it man I, I don't I thought it would be number one to be fair. Because of the how long it went for and the specials and stuff like that, there's like probably like hundred odd episodes or whatever. It's it's very much it's almost two shows in some ways because it, it did take a bit of a different leap when 
granddad died and was replaced by Uncle Albert. Um, there's some fantastic granddad episodes. Um, the Chandelier one that you mentioned is a perfect example of that. Granddad was a very, very funny character. I think Uncle Albert came in, no Buster Merrifield, and just took it to the next level. I think as like an additional character, kind of somebody to play off Dale Boy and Rodney. He was even better than Granddad was, and I think I, I prefer him out of the two. Um, but there's just so many classic episodes. Like I had all the DVDs at one point, Jack, because at one point there was an Only Fools and Horses magazine that came out. And yeah. it was a magazine per episode. Mm-hmm. And each episode came with that episode that, that each magazine came with that a DVD of that episode. It was yeah. one of the ones like um the first app the first magazine I think was two quid. Then it was eight quid every week after that, one of those ones. Yeah. But that's just when you're in the repeats, right? I mean, if you wanted to watch that episode, it wasn't going to be on BBC anytime soon, they really put oh. repeats and stuff on. So, yeah, aye, great stuff, man, right? Absolutely just, love it. Thought it was number one. Um, next up is Black Adder. Um, quite a, a mad one because I watched it for the first time just Christmas gone there. Oh, and I quite liked it. I thought it was quite funny. Our, our, our mutual podcasting friend David has it as one of his old times. He watches it every weekend. Um, I didn't. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't tickle me that much. But it is very good. Have you? I think you started watching it as well at the same time as me, didn't you? No, or you, I. Or you started watching it again, or did you? No, no. See, I've never. I've watched bits and bobs of it. You know, I was again X amount of years ago. Uh, the guy in the box was like, you've got to watch Blada, funniest thing ever, uh, X, Y, Z. And I did try to watch the first season, which is famously nothing like the rest of them. I never enjoyed it. So, even though people have told me like seasons two, three and four and stuff like that are much better, that's when Blackadder sort of became Blackadder. I mean, they sort of found their feet and knew what they were doing. I didn't enjoy the first season and I've only seen maybe three or four episodes of the actual, I'm going to say actual Blackadder, but you know what I mean, the sort of later, later series. So I might get, you know, I'm looking for something new to watch. I went back and watched, this isn't going to be on this list and it's not like a dead old thing, but Led Balloon, do you ever remember that? Jack D. Rowe. Oh, yes, it rings a bell. Is is he depressed, isn't it? He's like a, he's like a sort of misanthropic stand-up comedian who's yeah, passed okay. it. Yes, started watching that one. again recently and managed to watch basically all of it in about two weeks. So I've got room in my on my list for something else, but I don't know if I want to fill it with Blackadder, to be perfectly honest with you. Again, people think that's absolute sacrilege. Another Ron Atkinson thing that I do absolutely love and will um, watch, and it blows my mind, I think there's only 25 episodes of it ever. Uh, mm-hmm. It feels like when you were a kid, there was hundreds of them, but it's Mr Bean. Yeah, I think that's because when you were a kid, you didn't realise you were watching the same thing over and over again. Um, I think it's, it's the opposite. Actually, I, I think it's the opposite. I think because you enjoyed it, you watched it over and over again. Yeah, like maybe. Go, like, my favourite cartoon, supposedly when I was younger, was a, a cartoon film, I think, called Charlotte's Web, when I was really young. Uh-huh. The Spider? The Spider, I think, says, you watch that you watch that five times a week. <laughs> That um, you said Mr. Bean twenty five episodes. It's actually only fifteen, Jack. There you are. So two two seasons again, basically a couple of specials. Fifteen, but here's here's the thing though, right? If you ask me to tell you all fifteen, and don't get me wrong, I love the show. I couldn't tell you the fifteen. I'll tell you what I can tell you, right? 
uh, turkey on the head, um, sofa on top of the car, um, going swimming, his mm. hand stuck in the guy's back pocket, and the beef, ordering the beef. I'm I trying to hide it in the one. cup. He orders the beef like the cordon bleu, and it's horrible. So you try to hide it in the sugar bowl and stuff. Like oh that. right, okay. No, I don't remember that one at all. I think that's the only ones I remember, and I remember watching it all the time. Um, yeah. One of the on you go. No, I was just going to say I'm the same. He obviously had the fight with the other wee mini car. Yes, that was an hard one. Sort of, yeah, trying to sort of, fight for the parking space, weren't they? Fight for the parking space, but I think he appeared in a few episodes where there was an ongoing battle. That was a sort of theme. I think one maybe, of the maybe not. one of the things he was so smart about Ryan Atkinson was he made that show and deliberately used no language in it whatsoever, and because of that, it was sold all over the world. Uh, no need to dub it, no need for subtitles. It was literally just send the tapes all over the world, and it made him an absolute fortune. Like he is absolutely minted because yeah. of fifteen episodes of Mister Bean. Pretty sure I want to say Lithuania, where it's like the biggest show ever. Maybe not. But so con- countries like that where they just absolutely fucking love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. So where we're we going? The Blackadder. Yeah, I think we can skip that one. It's just it's just a, a, a spin off of the other one. Um, Father Ted. Fantastic man. That was this was I had this again on DVD and for, for my whole life I've really struggled to go to sleep in silence mm-hmm. um, so I either put like a poddy on now but back in the day I would put something on the telly and just sort of yep. turn and listen to it and it was Father Ted they got me through years it was just that on repeat man I loved it loved it yeah it was excellent it was so funny it was layered the, the funniest to it it had jokes on top of jokes on top of jokes which I like um Looking at that premiere date there, April the 21st, 1995. So that show first came on the TV when I was 10, right? Which is amazing, Jack, because I remember it first starting. I remember all the advertising on Channel 4 about it and stuff like that. I remember watching it at the age of 10 and finding it hilarious. And here I am at the age of 38, and I still find it hilarious. That's quite something for a show to be hilarious and universally acclaimed by somebody at the age of 38 and at the age of 10. I watched it yeah, because, like, before I moved in here, we had to stay with Josh for a couple of weeks. So we were sitting watching, and they didn't have any TV, so it was just 4 OD, and I watched Valor Ted and the IT crowd. That's what I watched to pass the time. Two good shows. Two good shows uh, by a guy who, again, has went off the rails a little bit, called Graham. Um, Graham Lennon, I think, went off the rails a wee bit. But. Uh, the next one, something I've never watched, hold my hands up, Porridge, mate. Porridge is very good. Very good. Uh, and we made that recently with that. I want to say Lee Nelson, but it's not. It's a stupid wee guy. <laughs> um, tell, oh, tell, tell us about Porridge, and while I look that guy up. So Porridge was um, set in set in prison, basically Porridge, as in you're doing Porridge. That was the kind of name behind it. Ronnie Barker was famously Fletch, Norman Stanley Fletcher. I am the convict, and the, the kind of the main the main kind of story arc or the main thing about uh, Porridge was how much smarter Fletch was than everybody around him, including the guards. And he was always, basically prison was great for him because he was always one ahead of everybody. He got what he wanted all the time. He pulled, he basically ran rings around the other guards and stuff like that. And it just, he did it in a very funny way. It was just a great show. Mm-hmm. Very, very funny. 
Um, I've, I've said before, I've got a thing about things set in prison. If you put any show and stick it in a prison setting, you've got half my attention already because I just find that particularly setting of a TV show, be it drama, comedy, whatever, I find it fascinating because it's a world that I just do not know and I will never know, hopefully. That's it. Kevin Bishop was a guy I was looking for in the remake. That's the got panned. Um, he's a scouser, isn't he? I, I don't know. He's I a scouser comedian. He's, he's in quite a lot of things, aren't he? Great. Is it him? Thinking he's a decent Google career. Yeah, Kevin Bishop. Let me just check if it's who I think it is. Uh, oh no, that's not who I think it is. Uh, oh yeah, he was in Muppets Treasure Island and stuff, wasn't he? Yeah, okay. He, yeah, I don't dislike him. He's all right. Was, I was thinking of that scouse, scouse comedian that used to be the used to be a chemist. Who was who is that? Oh fucking John Bishop. John Bishop at Brick. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. He um, done quite a touching show because his son's deaf. What? Um he done quite a touching show. Because <laughs> 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 his son's deaf. What do you think I said? What no, I just I just said what because you said deaf, mate, and you completely fell for it. All right, okay. <laughs> I was still going like that. What are you asking me that for? <laughs> I and he does a, a stand-up set using sign language. Yeah. All right, okay. Fair play to him for getting into all that and stuff. That's nice. But I just don't think he's funny. I don't think he's particularly funny either. I mean, I, wouldn't, I, would, I would probably turn him off if he was on the telly. But I caught a bit of that. Turn him down. That's um, <laughs> I've never seen an episode of this, mate. Not a single episode. I've seen the famous scene where basically they all kill themselves, basically. They all just run into the fucking fight, expecting to die. But I've never seen an episode of the bloody thing. Is that not the very last episode of Blackadder you're thinking about? Yeah, it's, I've never seen Dad's Army at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Tell you what, I've never seen Dad's Army because it's fucking old, man. I don't watch old shit. I've seen bits and bobs of it. The Vicar of Dibley. We'll just do a top ten here because we've done nearly 40 minutes. Um, on two lists, which is quite good. That's good going. Um, I've seen a Christmas special of this, perhaps, and mm-hmm. I never really, I never really wanted to then deep dive into it. To be perfectly honest with you, um, I think the Vicar Dibley is excellent. I think it's an excellent program. It's very, very funny. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the characters are brilliant. Um, there's obviously Don French is is, is quite good. There's her sister. Is it her sister or her friend? I think it's her friend that's in it, the blonde woman. She always one. tells a really bad joke at the start at the end of each episode. Um, so sorry, no, Don French tells her a joke at the end of each episode she doesn't get it. Which is quite good. You've got Trigger from Only Fools and Horses. He's in that. Um, you've got an old guy who just goes, yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no. Right, okay. Um, but no, it's quite funny. It's one of my, it's one of my dad's favourite comedies, you know. And I don't know, sometimes you just, you kind of, you automatically, if your dad likes something, you kind of think that'll be shit. <laughs> when you give it a chance, he was spot on. That is very good. Right. Uh, it's something I quite enjoy. Yeah, that's his. Um, never really put it, never, never will, but it's there. Let's, um, let's skip 10 and go to number 11, if that's okay, Jack. Yeah, I don't want to do number 10 here. One Foot in the Grave. I love this because talking about your parents loving things, I'm sure... <laughs> This would have been prime time BBC when I was like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or whatever. And my ma, my man, dad would have been sitting watching it, and I'd been watching it, roaring, laughing because they were laughing almost, you know. So I can yeah. I, I can totally get behind your, your thinking there. So yeah, it's got a, sort of let's say special place in my heart. But I enjoyed it. Yes, I enjoyed. What's it. your first What's your first memory that comes to your head when you think of one foot in the grave? What scene or what thing happening? Um, 
has has um, what's his catchphrase? <laughs> I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't. Um, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Nothing. Yeah, they are. For me, I've got two. It's the one where he ends up buried in the garden with a plant pot over his head. Right. Okay. Because he pisses <laughs> off the guard. He pisses <laughs> off the gardener. Right. Or secondly, it's the one where his indoor plant gets planted in the toilet. <laughs> That's the two that, that I don't know why, but they just uh, they they just I just remember them. Um, a great show. Um, he's actually a very good actor. He's been in a lot of things. Um, more recently, Richard Wilson. Um, a massively big camp man in real life as well, which you would never think watching this. Is he? I don't um, know that. I, I don't... Yeah, oh, he's camp is camp is a window. Yeah, um, sh- proper sh- camp. Sadly, I'd have automatically thought he's dead now. I don't think he is dead yet. You know, I think he's still. No, I'm not, I'm not, no he's still going, but he was born in the 30s. So. So, oh God, he's, he's, he is very old then. Richard Wilson. Yeah, 80, 86 he is now. Um, still kicking about. Um, but I, yeah, he is. He's, he's very, very camp and quite a, quite a, 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 um, quite a kind of way that you enjoy to see. It's, it's quite funny. I think it's deep, isn't it? Yeah, he was the neighbour. He was the next door neighbour. Uh, he used to pop up in like a lot of stuff back then, like uh, I don't know. That was before he got caught with the gear and the hookers and all that. Right, okay. That was I'm the IT crowd made the top fifteen. Did it? So like Yeah, oh it did do number thirteen. And then between us as well deserves its place as well. Number fifteen. Yeah. Rewatched that not that long ago. The in between us? Yeah, didn't 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 hold up as well as Father Ted or the IT crowd in my opinion, but still funny. Still enjoyed it. I, I still to this day say that the Inbetweeners is um, the perfect kind of TV show that that encapsulates what being a teenage boy is. Aye, aye, aye. I think it gets it spot on in terms of what you think about, what you do, what your priorities are, and stuff like that. Probably don't find it quite as funny now as I did back in two thousand and nine when it first came out. But I do like it a lot. Um, I know we've been going quite a long time on this list, but I just want to say that it's a disgrace that The Office is number 28. <clears throat> is that how far down that is? Yeah, The far Office is number 28 and Peep Show is number 29. It's behind things like Dr. Martin and As Time Goes By <laughs> and Last of the Summer Wine. So, yeah, there's a great list at a point, but when The Office is that far down, there's something not quite right with it, Ranker. Keep, keeping up appearances is there, I loved that, Red Dwarf, I enjoyed that, yeah, so we'll maybe come back to that list, that was a good choice, mate, well done. Thank um, you, I did that without even looking at it as well, you know. Yeah. Number 50, I'm Alan Partridge, come on now. <laughs> oh, come on, yeah, fuck that list in the bin. <laughs> it's a rubbish list. Well, really I will wrap it up there, mate. Eh? Yeah, fuck you, Ranker. Um, <laughs> We'll be, back using you. we'll be back using you again next week, Ranker. Yes, Don't you we worry did. about that. We'll give that you was good, mate. You, you prepared nine lists for this show and we got through two of them. Oh, that, mate. Here, so. guys, you're getting lists for the next couple of weeks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so you better get fucking used to it. Uh, we'll do a Peyton bonus episode um, about fetishes. Now, I don't know which order these are coming out in, so the Peytons might get the fetish episode before this, but I'll make yeah. sure I put the fetish bonus out on public a couple of weeks behind the patents because they, they're the good guys and they get everything. Ah, you give it to the Freeland scum further down the line. Much further down the line. We'll do that. Yeah. But uh, we'll speak to you soon, guys. Cheers for tuning in. Cheers. Bye.
calling. I personally don't think there's anybody still listening, and if they are, they're pretty hardcore long-term memory fans, and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wrong-term memory, or by clicking the link in the show notes. Absolutely, and if for whatever reason they can't do that, and paying for content isn't their bag, they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. 